Hi there, this is Jim the Keys, bartender, coming to you from Key Largo. We got the triumphant return of Papa Joe from his world tour. And uh, this episode will be episode, I think, 2012, if I'm not correct. And it, we're going to call it Saucy Aussie. Uh, recently, I've seen an uptick on uh, listeners from Australia. I'd like to thank uh, those of you. I guess the area is Orange, Australia. I think you could be fellow podcasters. And um, uh, Jenna and Tyler are on the other side of the house, and they're doing, uh, they're building another uh, stairway as they get their house ready for uh, sale. Do they have currently, Papa Joe, say hi to everyone. You go to Mike's on. Hello, everyone. Yes. Um, so I... Why don't we get, instead of getting right into that, we'll have a little chat. You were away. Can you talk about your job? You do security? I can. I do security for the, the nuclear. Uh, Regulatory com- commission? or uh, Well, they oversee it. They oversee everything nuclear. So it's uh, through a, a private security company. Contract. You say that correctly, too. Well, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Homer Simpson knew how to say yeah. it, too. Ooh. Nuclear. Um, nu- nuclear. Nuclear. Um, so we go out and we inspect shipments that are being made to nuclear facilities, mostly power plants. Just two? Yeah, going from any, any shipment that's going to a nuclear power station or a nuclear yeah. facility that we have a contract mm-hmm. with, uh, we search those shipments, uh, we seal them, mm-hmm. and, uh, of course, what we're looking for is what everyone, what you would think we're looking for. Any any explosive device, any contraband of any any nature, you know, that could be yep. drugs, alcohol, um, you know, bullets, anything explosive, anything to make explosive mm-hmm. uh, parts, stuff like that. Anything that could end up becoming a, a, a useful tool for a subversive in a, a nuclear facility. Okay. And then, um, so we seal we seal up the trucks and we send them on their way so that when they get to the uh, facilities, uh, the guards there can make sure the seals have not been tampered with or compromised and let them through. And what it does is it saves time. Um, take a nuclear power plant. When they go on it, what they call an outage, they got to they got to shut down a reactor to do routine maintenance, mm-hmm. which might involve changing pipes, valves, could even include uh the removal of the fuel rods. Or testing, right? If they're running a test, like in that movie, uh, did you see it? Well, Sharon funny, the last thing I did involved uh, the the uh, equipment that in, uh, is for testing. Okay. So, yes, but running a test. So they have, But you got to shut the, the power down because you don't want to make a mistake and then cause Did you see that movie? Did problem. you see that movie on HBO? No, which one? Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was, was horrid. It? I know, but it was wasn't well. I mean, I a Schindler's List was horrid, but it was a wonderful movie. You know, it was wonderful. The acting was it, incredible. The way they laid it out and did right. everything here to, to explain it to. Um, I mean, just I, hmm. I I I don't mean to get all enthusiastic and buoyant about a, a meltdown, <laughs> uh, but no, not the Holocaust. But when you, you see really good depictions of an event 
like the Holocaust, or maybe Dances with Wolves. You know the no. The, when uh, someone puts together a good story, a good story, story is a good story. But and then then takes a complicated uh, thing like and we are we're having a really good storm coming right now. Papa Joe was very kind to make sure that the uh, they had these curtains at their tiki bar to make sure that we uh, we don't get rain on the equipment. So it, it's nice. You got a nice breeze going. And uh, Annie Ann, it looks like there's going to be a twister. It looks like it, is, it gets it gets blowing in here so crazy. So it's the keys, man. We, I mean, we, it's, it's it was amazing. nice and steamy. We got a downpour. It looks like we're probably going to get a half inch of rain in about uh, ten minutes. Oh yeah. And it sounds like uh, Tyler's still working in a downpour with power tools. Is it a? Uh, you know, if any time the time to stop, it would be during a downpour. Yeah, probably. I did hear thunder. Yeah, maybe he should pause. Is it time critical? Oh, okay. So I I diverged on you were talking about your job. So you were you were up and about. You may not. I mean, say what you can say when you say you're up in Pennsylvania, and uh, yeah, I was. Uh, in Pennsylvania, at a uh, uh, a site that provides material for, um, mm-hmm. uh, in this case, a nuclear power plant, mm-hmm. and um, we had to make sure it was searched properly. But it was very delicate material because mm-hmm. it did go for that testing you talked about. Yes, the internal, uh, the control center, and so you, you get they handle it. The engineers handle it uh, very delicately, and it's very meticulous. And so the packing of it and the storing of it and the sealing of it, when we seal it, um, it took a lot of time. So I spent two weeks, and we loaded uh, two trucks. And it wasn't a lot going in each truck. It was just that's how slow it had to go. So You had to be meticulous. You got to be sure what's going in. You got to get detail um uh, shipping, uh, what do you call it? Shipping uh, papers or whatever. The manifest. Manifest. Uh, uh, th- that's on the engineers and the and the trucking company. But yes, the shipping manifest was probably about fourteen pages long, with all the protocols on it. Because if something goes wrong, plus it's in a, a refrigerated trailer to maintain a constant environment. Because oh. we're dealing with electronics. So it's like sixty degrees or something like it's that. A, yes, it? exactly. They kept it at sixty. Oh, really? Okay. That's exactly that's... where they kept it. So. You know, not so, so that you have a constant environment. Yeah, and, and I know you mean really. Uh, you want you would want low humidity, right. low te- uh, low temperature, not too low. That uh, you don't want any. You don't. God forbid you even have initial condensation. Yeah, and anything freezes on that and yeah. ruin it. So that just sixty was uh, where they put it, and uh-huh. that was fine. And uh, static controls and all that stuff. So well, it's all wrapped in static free everything. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that had to be put in, and then it, then it was shipped to the uh, the plant. And uh, then from there, I went to another site, um, did some innocuous search of tools, yeah. just tools. And then, uh, and then I came home for uh, three days, just in time for my grandchild to be born. And then I immediately left for another week, which turned into uh, nine days. Okay. And how long are you home for? I think the season's over. I work. My job is seasonal. Um, contract. It's all contracted, and uh, so uh, for for 
the foreseeable future, I'm home. There's a lot of people down here in the Keys. They were, I know guys that work on oil uh, oil rigs, off, offshore oil rigs and stuff like that. There's a, a friend of mine that does that. They're, they're consultants. Another one, uh, Stetson, he's an engineer that consults with uh, the local nuclear power plant down here. The uh, it. it I guess it's the keys thing. You're near my, you know, you're 50 something miles, 57 miles right from this area where we are right now. We're 57 miles from Miami International Airport. So that's pretty convenient being nearby. It's a major, yeah. major airport. I fly out of Miami. It takes me, if I leave early, early, yeah. the wee hours, it takes me uh, about roughly 45 to 50 minutes to get to the airport. And, of course, like anything, if you leave at 5.30 in the morning, it takes you two and a half hours. That's exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah that's so correct. You just you schedule your The nature of any big city, and you guys up in the, in the Midwest, uh, uh, Northeast, you know all that. And I guess the West Coast, too. It comes to, uh, I guess maybe we'll start in a, a minute or so, but I mentioned the listeners we have in Australia. And maybe Jenna could come on that uh, about this, too, if she'd like to. Uh, we've had a uptick in our ish, international listeners. We've always had our Polish because I have relatives over in Poland listening. And some people I met at uh, the wedding I went to. But Australia, I've met some Australians, some really good. I, I always had a uh, fondness for... From the uh, Down Under. Yes, yes. Uh, the women, the guys are fun and the women are even more fun and beautiful. <laughs> they are fun. I've never uh, been. Uh, well, I mean, you have never, you ever been to Australia? Uh, no, no, but I met him here. Yeah, but so, yeah. I, I know, I, I imagine, I imagine if I met him here <clears throat> and they're fun and the women are beautiful, that would extend to where if I went there and, <laughs> and it was a good time. I, I always, I guess, my time to go and experience it firsthand as the way I would have wanted to experience it. Is passed, but I now I can experience the natural wonder of Australia. Well, there you go. If I go there, uh, I I always um, if you know a little history of it. Uh, after during the American Revolution, America, uh, especially Georgia, was a penal colony for uh, the British Empire. So they would send their prisoners over here, and they used them as labor on in, indentured labor, serve as their sentences on their plantations. Ah. And when that uh, avenue dried up because of the American Revolution, they had uh, Australia was just sitting there. And in 1788, I think it was, when we established the first penal colony. I always like that word, penal colony. <laughs> no, I just say, you know, the penal system and all that stuff and penal, penal, penal this, penal that. And uh, I'm just hearing penis, but. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> no, but they, 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 it was only, and people think the whole country was a penal colony, and it wasn't. There was uh, other provinces were kept free of that. Well, and those, and those, uh, those people that were either rightly or unjustly or unjustly accused of crime, because, you know, remember years ago, the justice system wasn't that thorough. You know, you never seen too many wealthy people go to jail nowadays. Like nowadays, we just had a guy fucking Epstein. That's, that was my Miami guy was a a billionaire, billionaire pedophile, a billionaire pedophile. But it just shows hey, if if a billionaire if a billionaire goes to prison, 
it may not be a perfect system. And, then, and, and just today, uh, actually, a police officer in Fort Worth. She went. She got charged. She murder, got charged with a murder. Convicted of murder for sh- um, going into her neighbor's apartment, shooting her neighbor, thinking she's going to her own apartment. That was her defense. That she, I mean, we. I don't know the whole jumping, story. Jumping back to Australia for a what? second, though, wasn't New Zealand Australia's penal colony? I have no. Idea. Oh my God! I went to. I went. went I, I. I'm just. I thought that that's what I had read before. Really? Yeah. I, I thought that Australia's penal colony. I'm was. sure there's a New Zealander out there that can answer that. I'm question. sure. I would love to know for sure. But you know what? I, there's I, something I, about it. There was all these. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember. You ever hear? We talked about this phrenology. The, you know, Phrenology is the study of the head. The shape of the, 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 shape head. Of the head, right? Yeah, but there was always these pseudosciences in the 1800s, how you can predict someone's uh, level of intelligence. Uh, their, I guess you call it their propensity for criminal behavior. And with the high, so many criminals being sent to Australia, you think you would think that it would just be a rampant of, uh, of mayhem, mayhem, and crime, but it isn't. I mean, there are adventurous people. They're strong people. They're at very athletic people. They do well for the size of the country. They were maybe thirty-two million, maybe Crocs and stuff. No, no, but they 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 do well. That it's it's if you if you think criminal behavior, if you suggest that it would be uh, like there was a movie called The Bad Seed. Remember that movie, The Bad Seed? No, I don't. It was in the fifties where it was it was nature over nurture. It was a movie about a young girl who gets adopted by this uh, uh, military officer and his wife, and his wife was perfect, and the guy was perfect, and the little girl was perfect. But it turns out she was a child of psychopaths. And she just, that's why they call it the bad seed. And it was one of these things in the 1950s you're coming up and say, hey, genetics has a lot to do with this. It runs into the system. But... Not necessarily, because Australia has been one of our greatest allies, has been very successful, an outpost of, um, I don't want to say, it, that sounds kind of chauvinistic when I say, an outpost of Western civilization in the middle of Asia, or Austra, you know, Austra, Asia, whatever you want to call it, that it, it was the extension, and it did very well. If you think of it, I mean, being Canada, Canada's north of the United States, and the United States is what it is, but Australia, remaining Australia, with China, Malaysia, Indonesia, Japan, Vietnam, all these countries around it, is amazing. Of course, there's a little thing about the you know the way the Aborigines were tre- uh, treated there. Just a little horrible. I, I, you know what? Every like I said in his history, no room to speak as Americans. No, historically, historically, whenever a more so-called advanced civilization comes in contact with one that doesn't have the technological know-how, they will take advantage of them and sublimate them and, and, and do it. It's only in the time we have enough philosophers and legal experts and people just to get the chance to think about it and say, hey, maybe it isn't correct to take the people that were here originally, put them in the camps, force them to adhere to your culture, get rid of their hunter-gathering culture and stuff like that. Maybe that wasn't so hot, but we find that out later. But everyone has done it. Any, any group, it happened in Asia, it happened in South America, the Aztecs did it, the Mayans did it. Um, obviously, 
our our forebears did it. Well, but yeah, I mean, yeah, what I'm saying is they the do American people. Do, it's just the nature of human humans. Yeah. The, oh, the, 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 I'm sure the Neanderthals did it. I mean, the Cro-Magnons did it to the Neanderthals, and the Neanderthals did it to whoever was the uh, their ancestors. You know, whenever someone had the ability, they would just either wipe them out or use them as a workforce and stuff like that. And it's not that they were supposedly, we go on in a discussion sometime about how the Neanderthal were not necessarily, if you did have, you could have someone with 100% Neanderthal genes and you would not necessarily notice them any different than what we are. Than Cro-Magnon genes? Or Cro-Magnon or whatever you want to call it now, the Homo sapien, um, what is it? It goes, drills down because Cro-Magnon and I, I, I am in over my head. Papa okay, so Joe I think the way it went was I think they're all Homo sapiens, right? I believe so. And uh, that's modern, a subspecies. Modern man is uh, mostly directly descendant of Cro-Magnon. But wasn't that is it, is it a diverse branch of Neanderthal? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, it, uh, Neanderthal was. Um, we find a lot of Neanderthal in uh, France. Yeah. Um, in, in, oh, the cave. Yeah, the cave. In, 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 in that area there in yeah. Germany. Um, Cro-Magnum uh, further east. Yeah. And they just won out. And it was, uh, I just, I, you know, I just read a, an article, and it had to do with the, the, the means by which uh, their, their culture interacted with the environment. Uh, Cro-Magnum was just more advanced Socially, uh, Cro-Magnum uh, had greater social expression, uh, they, uh, more diverse socially, and they were able to adapt and overcome to the different environments, stimulus, problems, whereas Neanderthal, and, and, the, and what, they, what this article said was, as an example, uh, cave art is Cro-Magnum. Mm-hmm. Neanderthal, uh, virtually none. And it goes towards how, in their tribal setting, uh, how that society expressed itself. Whereas Cro- Cro-Magnum had this great expression. They had great, you know, art. Obviously, with the art, probably with stories, there was mm-hmm. probably, the, you know, uh, a, a means of communication, yeah. language. Not so much with Neanderthal as they figure now. And so one just was better set up to survive than the other. I, 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 I don't know. It's at, I'm out of my depth once again. Uh, but there, there are certain cultures because the Greek culture was supplemented by the Roman culture at the time. And the Greeks were more, let's say, erudite and more uh, thought to the... It, uh, introspective with philosophy, where Romans, even though they did have philosophers and, and and men of science, they were the engineers. They were the ones that employed uh, or deployed the technology. The um, that did the uh, the waterworks, the spas, the, the building, Roman, the roads. Romans, big. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Romans. Big advantage over Greeks 
was they were very, and I'll use this word literally, they were very Catholic in their approach. They, they would um, say, take over a culture, yeah. and they wouldn't, um, they would incorporate part of that culture into their culture. Mm-hmm. They would incorporate. Um, now, granted, there was a lot of people that were they, they had a class system in Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, you could work your way through the class system in Rome. Mm-hmm. Not so much in Greece. Uh, Greeks conquered, and I don't think they did as good a job at incorporating other cultures into theirs. Greeks were Greeks. Romans had no problem, and at the very, towards the end, take Alexander. Yeah. Um, Alexander made, a, I believe, a political decision to recognize Christianity. Because no, that was Constantine. Constantine, I'm sorry, not Alexander, Constantine. Hey, I do know something. <laughs> and as, as a decision, it was brilliant. 356, I think it was. That was Lyceum. Yeah. When he when he when he got had his whole army baptized, yes, and uh, but you know it's funny, but but Rome Rome had this we this start, propensity yeah. to just to just morph with other cultures, and what that does is it it allows a, a, a pathway of inclusion for the people you've just conquered. You're a Roman citizen at some point, even though yes, you're the enemy. Well, yeah, uh, just like many countries, the French, uh, Napoleon tried to do that with uh, the the Napoleonic Code and things like that. When you came, when he went into Poland, he says, listen, you're going to be protected on the Napoleonic Code. These are laws. You're going to have rights and all that stuff. And it made sense. Uh, it's the funny thing about this right now is we started out talking about Australia and we ended up talking about this. And I know it's uh, I, I am uh, probably 70 percent to blame for that. Uh, if not 80 percent to blame, uh, because I we will we're going to be taking a break uh, in a minute. Uh, but we're going to get back to talking about Australia. And I want to talk about some of the cultural contributions of Australia and the things we think about. And it's not going to be the typical ones, not this uh, uh, crocodile Dundee stuff. And all no, that stuff. that's even though he was. Stuff. And I mean, that, yeah. I mean, that's been presented. Well, movie stuff. There's a movie, a lot of movie stuff. I think. Yeah. Okay, well, this is Jim the Keys Park, and we're going to take a little break right now. Whether you're one of our regular visitors to the Florida Keys or you can't wait to visit for the first time, you'll want to stay up to date on everything that's going on in the Florida Keys. To learn all the secrets, tips, and the stuff we don't talk about to anyone but each other, visit 43keys.com. Sign up for our newsletter and never miss any of the exciting things we have planned for you. That's 43keys, the number four, the number three, keys.com. And we're back. Sorry to make that thing. We had to get back eventually. Yeah. There's something I had to do. We got we were there was a fascinating story. Uh, we should talk about your father sometime and uh, that. Uh, we were talking about Australia and where we left it off. We were talking uh we're gonna come back to it. Uh we do have an upturn in uh you hear this uh grinding in the background and stuff like that. That's Tyler doing his work at night. Um it must be hard to explain if you cut off a finger when it's dark when you're working with a power tool. 
You just listen for the ouch. It's, no, I know. It's light I mean, over there. You've got to go to. We're, we're building a new staircase. That's why I'm in it. Yeah, okay. I mean, the time critical. It's in to build a staircase in under 24 hours. So, hey, don't give him a hard time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, it's, it's, it's your house. How to build it's your house. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, we were talking about Australia and about their contributions and stuff like that. Just, not just the um, world culture, but how the U.S. Um, views Australia. It's where our closest ally in, in, in the Far East. They're in the Far East. There's no doubt about it. They're on the opposite side of the world. Um, different hemisphere. You know, yeah, they're south, over there. Southern, they're eastern. Way over there. Yeah, they're way over there. And uh, th- during all the, um, whether right or wrong, World War One was one of the questionable wars, you know, but World War Two wasn't. Uh, that was uh, the battle uh, between Western democracies and despots and uh, uh, dictators. And uh, Australia w- was on the winning side each time. They even. They even went, one of the things I have to say, they, they were in Korea. They made the pivot from being the closest allies to in being in the Commonwealth from the United Kingdom to be the U.S.'s. U.S. is their closest ally with Australia right now. That's an argument. There may be an argument, say, the British are or something, but the U.S. and Australia, that's our closest ally in that part of the world, uh, along with you know probably Japan. Used to be Philippines, used to be one of them. It's kind of a shame right now what's happening with the Philippines. Yeah, it's a little um, strange. Yeah, yeah. But, and, and New Zealand. And we've had disagreements. I'm sure we had disagreements like you do with your friends, with your best of friends have disagreements. But then culturally, we share so much. You know, there's music, humor, your community. Uh, same thing as Britain, but I mean, you have the, a seamless crossover from Australian entertainment comes right over to the U.S. and can be, it doesn't have to be explained or even something with their aboriginal music. When you hear, how easily you accept it when you hear a didgeridoo being played. Yeah, you know exactly. You, you what know what it is. is. You kind of, we find it cool too. Um, your fascination with steak, how <laughs> big steakhouse and shrimp, which is. You know, just like the United States. Well, we uh, also know that. And I think they came up with Australia was one of the main, with the Mad Max movies, the purveyors of the post-apocalyptic movie thrillers. With Mel, And we handed it to Mel Gibson. I mean, there was one called The Boy and His Dog, and it was uh, Planet of the Apes. That's kind of post-apocalyptic, but that's kind of ridiculous. That the, You know, that well, apes. Well, hold on a minute. They're... they're, they're they're, they're both based on plausible realities, right? The, uh, Mad Max was just thermonuclear war. You take yeah. out, there's no production of oil anymore. Yeah. Um, and, and there's well, a lot about Mad Max. People, that you're, you're people, are still, people are still driving around muscle cars. <laughs> That's they're, the part. They're, yeah. not, they're not working on developing any alternative uh, Right. Well, you can't sources. be a badass they're gonna argue. In, a, in a Yugo. I'm sorry, but it's just not going to work. But nowadays, you know, you see what in a, uh, a Tesla... X model X, you can be. Well, that would be the yuppie version of Mad Max. I know, be Mad Brad. <laughs> yeah. Well, it goes to zero to sixty in two point five seconds. You know. Well, Mad Brad. Yeah. Mad Brad and his misfits. So, uh, but but Mel Gibson. Uh, let's go through that. Let's go through the hodgepodge. Well, you had um, Olivia Newton-John was one of the exports. You had Midnight Oil. I love Midnight Oil. Yeah, they were great. They were a protest band. 
Really? Oh yeah, they they. Uh, how can we dance when our beds are burning? I think that was the name of the song. Beds are burning, and it, it was um, it was about the plight of the aborigin uh, uh, the aborigines in Australia, and they did another song called um, Blue Sky Mine. I didn't realize those songs. That song was about the struggle, Aboriginal struggle. With um, beds are burning. Let's give it back. Really, the land. Well, Let's give it that you back. Bring it up. Yeah. How can we dance with? Well, then again, you have In Excess, yeah. who speaks about. Oh my God! They know, did emotional all... sexual commingling with Aboriginal, you know, Aboriginal love. Uh, you know, white man versus black. Oh, man, they did black all the music for uh, the the Sydney Olympics. One they did it. Oh, they did. Uh, oh my God! The guy that singer yeah, from it broke my heart when Michael Hutchins died. Oh my God! The guy was amazing. This the band had such great energy and stuff like that. Well, they live on. Just, it, you know, I know, without Michael Hutchins. Without you know what I mean? It's just like. It's not the same. Yeah. It's like the doors after a while they were J- playing J- without, you know. Jim Morrison. Jim yeah. Morrison. So, but it's not the same. Yeah. And, and listen, I'm, I'm going to go back to Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson had a rough year. The year when he got pulled over drunk, calling sugar tits. And, you know, when you're intoxicated, people say that it's like a truth serum. You say, what are you? One stuff like that, and he did some amazing things in his career. Can we with just, his, uh, look, uh, you know, we, we want to vilify the right, wants to vilify the left, the left wants to vilify the right, mm-hmm. the, the right wants to identify anyone who's an actor <clears throat> as the left. Um, he's clearly not the laser, he's a pretty conservative. No, he's a, he's a member, he's a conservative. Well, <laughs> it's funny about him, he was a member of Opus Day. You know what Opus Dei is? Yes. It's a conservative Catholic uh, movement. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's one that rejects the, um, what do they call that? The second, um, when they modernize the Catholic Church, the, or try to modernize the Catholic Church. The, um, I forgot the term. Someone will know this, but they did this in the 60s. It was under Pope John the 26th, I think, if it's correct, when they started, instead of the clergy keeping their back to people most of the time, they, they turned and faced them. And instead of doing Latin, they did it in the, whatever native tongue they were doing it in. But uh, uh, Mel Gibson was a traditionalist and a very conservative. But it's funny, he was an actor who also liked to drink a lot. I had, a, I had an uncle. A great, I love my uncle. And he was very conservative Catholic, very conservative Catholic, but not not Opus Dei conservative. He was like marriage encounter or something like that. And he used to get shit faced, and I didn't know he was getting shit faced. And I got shit faced too. And it's not because my uncle did, because he never did anything to me. I never knew he was getting shit shit faced. I just noticed him later in the evening he wasn't as nice as he was in earlier in the day. And he was a brilliant man, a brilliant man. He worked for the NSA. He was a, an advisor. He was a Chinese language expert. He was one of the regional advisors for the Nixon administration. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So and he was one of the main guys. He lived in Taiwan. He brought his family over there and stuff like that. And um, then I guess when Nixon found out on it, and he, he was done with it. And he started working more for the Catholic Church in different archdioceses with my aunt. Uh, but uh, being uh, what getting back to Mel Gibson his thing with the Mad Max movies and then uh, he did uh, God Braveheart 
You can miss out with that. The Passion of Christ, which is an interpretation of a Bible story, okay? You believe it or not, you don't have to, but it was a brilliant depiction of a very, and I don't necessarily hold fast to those beliefs. It was incredible. It was incredible the way that movie was made. How about The Patriot? I think that was a little ham-handed. I don't. I think I think it was overly dramatized and how they tried to bring in like the black guy. Oh yeah, yeah. In the South, yeah, you're you're a member of this thing. Oh yeah, you're gonna be no. You know what? When we get this thing done, you're backpacking kind. You have to remember, Mel Gibson, especially later in his career, he's fronting the money for these movies. He's producing, directing, and acting. Mel Gibson is a, is a brilliant guy you know like his oh, politics right. or not he's an artist i don't i don't I, I don't have a problem with his politics no, no but some people do obviously but yeah, i see i think you're referring back to the uh anti-semitism that no we he, said it we yes. said it already he okay. said sugar tits yes. and stuff you know what you have one drunken rant i can imagine yeah. i can imagine if anybody recorded and i can't well i can't say what i said not because i can't say it on the podcast, I can't say it because I don't remember because I was drunk when I did it. But I'm sure if there was the wherewithal, oh, my God, the things that were I've said were horrendous. You know, there's I'm sure in everyone's life there's someone, you know, even in, I mean, if you think about the, 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 the uh, New Testament, Jesus was supposedly this almost like a Zen master of peace and love. But at one part, he goes into the temple and he finds guys banking, doing their banking business in there. He starts freaking out and starts flipping over all the tables, just throwing out these people that are conducting at the time legitimate business that is um, allowed by the Pharisees. They allowed them to conduct business there. It's not their fault. That's where people did their business at that time because there was no banks. They went and said, well, we're going to go to the synagogue, and then we're going to go and do this. We're going to do the same thing because that's where everyone gathered. And then you just freaked out because you're collecting money. And what do they do at church now on Sunday? Collect money. Well, you said, well. If you if you think of kind of ironic his message as a Zen master, I think you hit it on the nail on the head. But getting back to Australia, yes, that's good. Thank you for bringing it back. Um, Australia has given us appreciation for coral reefs, yes. great white sharks, the uh, the great uh, barrier reef the, the that great, uh, un, unfortunately is is not doing very well. Right, and they are they're kind of on the lead of uh, restoration, coral reef restoration, and the research as to what's causing it. Uh, they still obviously there's many many questions, but. That's, I think, that's, yeah, yeah, that's I think their bread and butter. It's a rising uh, water temperatures, uh, uh, water acidification, uh, carbon uh, uh, carbon cons- uh, absorption into absorption the water. into the water, and, and of course there could be a, uh, could be bacteria, could be microplastics, could be, and yeah. could be a lot of things. But Australia, you know, just because of the the unique, I mean, the uniqueness of of the animals on Australia, I mean, the questions that that opens up as far as um, Evolution. Australia is such an important continent, and it, sometimes it's just taken for granted. 
Um, do you know about this one? Um, well, I, I, we mentioned, I made a brief uh, statement about Jeremy Diamond, the uh, ornithologist who was an ornithologist, and he did, even though it wasn't Australia, it was New Zealand, where he's studying the, the Maori tribes. He, he, he noticed that from, like, miles, just miles away, because separated by uh, mountain ranges and things like that, that the cultures of people that are genetically similar in their traits are diverse, like the, the way that one's more peaceful, one's more warlike, one's more hunter-gatherer, another's more farming or herd or things like that. And he noticed and he said, why, how did this develop? And he thought, he, he thought of it in a larger theme of the world. And he came up with uh, this book, his first, uh, Guns, Germs, and Steel. And it was about how Western civilization at this time seemed to have, up until the late 20th century, seemed to be preeminent and dominant over all civilizations. And he made an argument on how it was accident of resources, um, convergence of technology, theory, and a population movement and that at any one time, I think he may have told the story that um, China almost came around and discovered Europe a hundred years before Europe started uh, making the trip around Africa, and their trading posts were approaching Europe, and they had superior technology until the emperor of China didn't um, appreciate the growth of power of their merchant class. He passed laws to get rid of their um, ocean-going fleets and their trading uh, empires and draw back in. They closed China by isolationists. He, he became an isolationist. And another proof, another uh, historical proof that being isolationist and being closed to the world is no way to do business because you're like being social like the Australians are. They're out there. They're out there in the middle of that. They're doing all their jobs and stuff like that, and they're spending all this stuff. So I made that, um, I'm coming back to the Australian thing. They're, they uh, began as a penal colony. They came over. Some of the upper class uh, British that, you know, a lot of reasons why wealthy people, why would they move to a, another country that's so far from their own? It's because there was very little land and opportunity for them in a more stratified United Kingdom. There's only certain things you could do, but there was cattle. There was, at one point, there was a gold rush. And there was all these chances to do th great big things in Australia, a big, unexploited country. They think it's so big just like the United States, there's no way anything's going to run out. But what turned out is they saw some areas of Australia, and I don't know what area it is, if it's the northeastern part, northwestern part, southeastern part, southwestern part, but there was a part that looked similar, the lush greenery and trees to certain parts of England. They said, you know what they really miss? They could use some rabbits and some foxes and things like that. Now, rabbits... They did a number on the Australian ecosystem, the way they spread, where there was very little, I mean, you had dingoes, I guess, but there, 
a very little uh, uh, a counterbalance to uh, a predator take out, like the fox to take out the rabbit. And the rabbits would uh, destroy grasslands. And they didn't realize that the soil in some of these places weren't as um, deep as the, uh, well, I always say that the, how would you call that? The fertile soil wasn't. I mean, soil, sand is soil, isn't it? Sand soil. But it's just not fertile soil. It's barren soil. It's not sand. I would say soil. Soil is dirt. Yeah. So we need to grow. Sand, you, you can grow certain things in sand. Not anything really. You know, not, not, not very productive. No, probably not. You just but need the a lot of soil was not too deep. It was a thin layer. Mm-hmm. And the rabbits just wreaked havoc. And, right? and the cattle. Intensive and, grazing, cattle industry, and things like that. So, and it, it, as a you know, scientist, ecolo- ecology and all that, they didn't know what the repercussions were to the environment. They didn't know you could just... People even now say there's nothing man... You know, there's people out there who say there's nothing man can do to change. There's, they're legitimately, they say there's nothing man can do that can change the environment. But... I'm not, I'm not going to try to convince them. No, I wouldn't Because they don't... There's no way because they're debunking and ignoring 97%, 95% of uh, recognized science and proven science. So what are you going to do about that? But we're coming back to Australia, and I didn't mean to say you decimated your land or anything like that. We're doing the same thing to our uh, place here, to all our grasslands. It's almost know. unavoidable as populations grow. So what do you do? You have to manage it. So a question I would have, maybe I'll research it, is how have the Australians managed their resources to accommodate their population and their natural ecosystems. Because I think I, I think I mean, it's a large it's a large country. They were, I mean, think they have a I, they have anywhere between. And I, I don't like to do the Google search online for, for it and do the no. research. But it's anywhere from um, thirty four to forty two million people, and a large. It's a large landmass, though a lot of it is desert. And matter of fact, it was the last. Aboriginal tribe that was brought in, guess what year that was? I have no idea. 1984. Wow. Yeah, that's late, isn't it? Yeah. That's 35 years ago. There were, there were hunter-gatherers. They were doing their own thing and shit like that. And they go and um, they bring them in, you know, say, hey, listen, they didn't bring them in like, they didn't rope them in because they, I think they started passing the laws in 1960 that gave full rights uh, and voting rights to Aborigines, which... Um, they went a little bit slower than we, well, I mean, I guess not, you know, same as we did, right. but I mean, it's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of guilt. You got to get people hide behind that, it's right? It's part of Western culture, man. That's just yeah. how we deal when with When you others. supplement a uh, native population, what are you going to do? If you're going to say, what are you going to say? Hey, listen, we're going to take it. We took it. It was theirs. Now it's ours. Uh, if you say it was legitimately theirs, then uh, if you're professing to be, let's say, in Western culture, a Christian, you can't just take things from people. You can't. Well, we did. No, 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 but you can't do it without legitimizing it and how they legitimize, you know, like they legitimize slavery, like we legitimize slavery. Well, it's real easy. You, 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 you demonize them. So mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're dumber than you. 
They are savages. Uh, they're and we did it once again, Australia. In, Australia, we did this too. And we, you know, we did gloss over the other things too. There's Russell Crowe. Who's the other Australian? Is Charlize Theron? No, she's South African. Um, no, who's the redheaded actress? Um, back in the was it early nineties? Uh, her. Oh, oh, Tom oh, Cruise. oh, Tom Cruise's wife. Yeah. Um, Good God. What's Kate her name? Blanchett? No. No, 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 no. Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman. Kate Blanchett's English, right? Yes. Nicole Kidman. What What a heartthrob she was. She was. She still I is. Mean, she, yeah, but when she was first introduced to America, so to speak, she was gorgeous. She, she goes My in. God. How fucked up did we do? We screwed up that beautiful. Um, Australian woman by having her marry Tom Cruise yeah, and then she ended up with that guy Keith Urban an Australian country singer which how closely married are our societies if Australian people can come, become country singers and be accepted well I'm sure they have their version of country music well Keith Urban's accepted as a country oh, well, he's Australian yeah well I mean, even within this country, there's crossover artists and country that you would never think cross. Oh, yeah, across. that kind of rap guy. It's just that yeah, yeah. there was a new rap oh, song. Listen, again, and we're getting away from Australia again. Yeah. We're, we're, we're getting about it. The beauty of Australia. And uh, I don't know if we paid enough attention to you guys in this one, but uh, we do appreciate it. Uh, if we ever do a barbecue show, I think we should do a barbecue show where we... Um, we're going to do it again, and we'll put dew shrimp on a Barbie. I'll have Foster. I know Foster, you call him, you say shite. It's shite. Is that what you say in shite. Australia? Yeah. Shite. You say Foster's shite. But that's what we got here, you know. So we'll drink some big oil cans of uh, Foster's, throw a big, come out of our, uh, our big, we got big shrimp down here. If not, we'll find some. Yeah, some of that, 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 that prawns. you know, the, the big prawns, yeah. <laughs> we'll hijack uh, a uh, prawn. We'll hijack a ship. I'm going to have a prawn, throw it on the barbie. Oh, bad. We'll drink some of, some of Foster's. And I know it's not Australian for beer, but that's the beer we got. And, um, you know, we do, I do appreciate uh, you guys listening. Well, um, if you can send us a message, go to... Um, uh, keysbartender.com send us a message uh, we'll I'll be glad to do a show for you um, let's see we'll do a le- little research on your town wherever you're from and if it's uh, fellow podcasters we do appreciate that I think we'll talk about it in the se- next episode the next thing that just came to mind Ooh. okay this is Jim and I'm here with Papa Joe we're going to be uh, signing out say, say goodbye Papa Joe goodbye Papa Joe